0: Welcome to the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, and today it's my privilege to welcome back to the show my guest who originally appeared on episode 59, Rich Lewis. Uh, Rich is the author of the book, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. Rich and I have a rich conversation, no pun intended, about the things that we've learned about centering prayer after we've wrote our books and some of the growing edges in our practice of centering prayer and how we kind of order that into our rule of life. Hope you find this episode really helpful. If you're interested in finding out even more about centering prayer and you're listening in December of 21 or in early January of 2022, I wanted to let you know about a virtual Centering Prayer Summit that's going to take place on January 15th and 16th. I'm gonna put a link down in the show notes. It's a very affordable event. You also get access to the videos if you can't sit through all the sessions on, say on a Zoom call. But what's exciting about it is that two of the early proponents and practitioners of Centering Prayer, Cynthia Bourgeau, who's the author of some of my favorite books, as well as Father Carl Errico, who wrote A Taste of Silence, are going to be there, as well as some more recent members of the teaching community about Centering Prayer, including Rich Lewis himself, will be there. Again, if you're interested, you can check that out in the show notes. Also, please consider subscribing uh, to this podcast. If you find it helpful and as always, share it with your friends. I'm super grateful that you're listening. Let's go ahead and jump into the conversation that Rich and I shared recently. Welcome back to the show, Rich. It's so great to see you.
1: Great. Thanks for having me back. It'll be fun just to have a, a nice conversation with you.
0: Yeah. So your, your book's been out for a couple of years now. My my book came out this fall. Like what, what has really the last two years? And what I'm thinking about is the we've been through this societal changes, all the tensions and things, and we've watched uh, the COVID and the fears that come up with that. What what has the last two years really taught you about uh, Centering Prayer that maybe you didn't know previously or any insights that you've gotten?
1: I would say just in general, Centering Prayer over the last couple of years, obviously, in the covid environment um you know it's okay not to know it, it's it's it, um kind of let go of what we can't control and focus in on what we can so it, it's really taught me it's it's okay not to know i just need to know the next step i don't need to know um, every all the steps i just need to know the next step and then i need to just trust trust that take that step and, and move forward and um, and even just trust God's nudges in in what God wants me to do. So I, I know I'm maybe answering this very broadly, but just in general, so I guess it's it's okay not to know. and And if I have a goal that I want to do or something I want to do, it's okay that I don't need to, I don't need to know all the steps. I just need to know the next step. and then I need to have the courage to take that next step. I think many people can say the word paralysis analysis where they think you need to know everything so you never start and at least what I'm learning through centering prayer over the last couple years is just take the next step. Clarity comes as as you keep moving forward, but if I don't take any steps, nothing happens.
0: no no i love that that's, that's actually a really powerful one so i was i just rewatched watched that movie the matrix the 19th the original movie and uh one of the things that jumped out at me in that was that i have this scene where um you know morpheus says to neo it's basically right when neo figures out he's the going to be the the one as they have in that movie and he says you have to figure out the difference between knowing the path and and walking the path and it uh it, my own interpretation of the past is uh, this last couple of years is um there's always been an illusion that you, th- you actually know the next steps, like there's that there's clarity. And I love the way that you you phrase that. And in a sense, centering prayer gives you that space. If you didn't know it before, you, you're actually able to deal with uncertainty in ways that you hadn't previously known you were capable of simply because you've learned to be and not just uh, do. And I even noticed in my own work with um with pastors and as a seminary professor, there seems to be a more openness to centering prayer because I think some people at their gut level, when they hear about it, and if you can get them to even experience one time, they realize, like, wow, I've been missing this uh this time. And I noticed, like for with a lot of pastors, that they had to, you know, two years ago, basically I joke with them, like every pastor became a televangelist because they didn't have their churches anymore. they had their churches. They didn't have the building, right? Um, so they had the people and they all had to do everything on zoom and that created a huge amount of anxiety for folks. But I noticed folks that had been doing contemplative practices, it's not like it was still, they still had the challenge of this big shift, but they had the spiritual muscles that let them kind of live into it in a way that had a much different experience uh, back in March, 2020, than some of the other folks. So that's that's one of the things I've noticed. I think it's right along with you that, uh, The illusion of clarity has disappeared, and that's about uh, taking the next step, and you find clarity in the midst of the journey versus in advance of the journey. So, yeah, I I like that.
1: Um, No, I mean it's it's just yeah, it's just been you know so true, and just trusting. uh, When I get a random email asking me to do something that I've never done before, just just be willing to willing to do it. I, I mean, you know, you and I were talking right before the call about the Center and Prayer Summit in mid-January, and I was reached out to by a gentleman who was, you know, who was putting the whole thing together. He had told me months ago that he had this idea and he wanted to do it, and then he's done it. And then he had reached out to me and asked me to speak, and my initial reaction, I wasn't going to say no, but my initial reaction was, why me? <laughs> and and if I say yes, this is crazy, what do I have to say? But um, God wants me to speak at this summit with with kind of the neat cast of speakers. So just trust the, the I, I, that type of email where I get an email out of the blue and, and just say yes and, and do it.
0: I love that. And just while you mentioned that, if the, those of you are listening and, and it's either late 2021 or right at the beginning of 2022, Rich is going to be a speaker at a Centering Prayer Summit on January 15th and 16th of 2022. It's virtual. It'll be recorded. It's actually very affordable. I forget the exact price, but it's not much more than a hundred dollars. I think even at this, at this point, and there'll be, there's a link in the show notes, if you're interested in checking that out, but Rich will be one of the speakers and also people like Cynthia Bourgeau who wrote lots of my favorite centering prayer books. And then Carl Erico who did, I love his book, the taste Taste of of silence. Yeah. That's such a good book that really influenced me. So you can sign up and check out this really cool, Convention that's online and you can do it from your home. And so, yeah, thanks for reminding us of that. And thanks for actually saying yes to that. Now, I wanted to, like, we're this whole podcast, we're just trying to kind of process maybe where, what we've learned about centering prayer and hopefully serve the folks that are listening. Like, what are some of the more interesting questions or some questions that you've had sent your way since you wrote your book as people try to process what it takes to sit in silence with God?
1: I would say some of them, are they doing it wrong and if, and if they're not doing it exactly according to the guidelines, are they not doing it right? Like like maybe two examples come to mind, you know, some people, many people need white noise in the background to do anything. Yeah. Um, I'm not one of them, other than when I go to sleep at night, I can't have any noise, but there are some people that have to have a TV in the background. So some people have asked, is it okay to have music in the background while I do do my practice? And I'll answer yes, as long as you're not engaging the music. So if you find you're doing, you're, you're turning on your soft whatever music you're using in the background to do your practice as white noise. And if you notice you're spending more time listening and enjoying the music, then it's then it's really not serving its purpose, and you're really not sitting with God. You're sitting with the enjoyment of the music. But if you use, but if the music is is blocking out the environment and helping you sit with God, then then I say by all, by all means do it. So that's one question I've been asked, um, and some and I've also been asked. Some people, are, you know, have attention deficit disorder, or it's hard for them to sit still. And I'll encourage them to do centering prayer while walking. As, you know, yeah. obviously keep your eyes open and pay attention to what you're doing and walking, but you can practice centering prayer while you take a nice walk. So um, that's one question: is you know, can I? Am I not doing it right if I have music, or am I, or if I actually do it while walking? And another thing is they'll think they've failed if they always have racing thoughts. Yeah, and, and, and the answer is no. I mean, that's part of the process. And as long as you're not holding on and engaging your, I guess the key word is engaging your thoughts and seeing where it takes you or spending more time thinking about the thoughts instead of letting go of it and continuously returning to God. So those are two, two things people will talk a lot about with me i don't don't know what your experiences are
0: yeah no it is is funny that that's what people think they're messing it up and uh and i always and it's you get various uh, questions like i've had people ask uh, you know i fall asleep when i'm doing it and that's fun because i've even seen i've seen videos of like thomas keating falling asleep up on the stage when he's doing and i thought well and i always say you know the disciples fell asleep and they were praying with jesus and i said if anything it's just a signal that maybe you're tired, and maybe <laughs> you need to sleep, to sleep a little bit more. But so I think that's a fun question. The failure one always comes up, and then the thoughts. And so I've answered the thought one. I, I and you know, I I did a lot in in my book, and I think the, the the what I realized I didn't know when I started was the types of thoughts that were going to appear, and so I worked a lot on the connection between centering prayer and like the seven deadly sins tradition because sometimes you get those disturbing thoughts and i just keep coming back to the that just the brilliant wisdom of those four r's that come from the originators the you know resist no thought retain no thought and those two are mostly easy with normal thoughts like did i start my watch or you know, oh, I hear a bird singing. That's the you know, it's easy to kind of click back in, but I love that react to no thought. And and that's the thing that I find myself coming back to teaching because um you do encounter stuff that you probably didn't think you were going to encounter. I know I've come up with fault, guilt, shame, just memories and things and That's what people sometimes get stuck in and they're like, oh, I'm embarrassed and I want to let it go. It's like, no, that's when you, I've been doing, I do a lot of the coaching about, no, you just, you have to let God have that because God sees it already. And so in a sense, you're doing it for yourself to release that. So I get, I mean, I get a lot of questions around the thoughts and then you just have that last of the R's. They would say, "Gently return to your sacred word." I've I've kind of morphed that for myself into "Gently return to Jesus with the sacred word," just to remind me who I'm sitting with. But I, I've just found more and more people ask me questions. I just go back to those four R's, and it seems like a lot of them revolve around the around that. I also get asked another question. This was which is like, "How do other spiritual habits?" kind of fit in with the centering prayer um you know we talked a little bit when i was when we clarified the question in our conversation but like how would you answer that like what other practices and habits do you personally find helpful around your centering prayer whether it's at the same time or at different parts of day what what other practices do you use sure
1: well um outside of centering prayer i, I guess a, a nice way for me to end my day and i, I usually actually try to do it exactly right before i go to bed i kind of oh. drop to my knees and, and i just thank god for for and i think about any small and large things that happen so i like to practice gratitude i like to go to bed with gratitude yeah. so that that's staying with me so hopefully it's i sleep in gratitude and wake up in gratitude so i just look back at the day and, and thank god for the small and little things. So it could be for the cup of coffee that I enjoyed, for the talk with my wife, for the walk with my my daughter, with something at work that was b- bothering me that I got accomplished, um, that type of stuff. So anything I can recall, small or big, I just say, and, and I just gotta get on my knees and thank God for it. And then when I'm done, I, I, I go to bed. So, so I like to go to bed with gratitude. And then I guess around my centering prayer practice, I I like to do bookends. I know the most important thing is to do the practice, but I like to do something before and after it. So I call it my bookends. So before the practice, um, I I usually have affirmations. These are kind of single sentence statements of things that are important to me that I want to accomplish in in whether it's personal or health related or family or work related. that I want to accomplish, so I read them to God, and then let them go to God, and do my centering prayer, sit, and let them brew with God. Um, and then I, I guess people will say, "Well, how do you know it's something you should do?" So I, I call it my true self barometer. You know, if it's something that's you know, I have an inner peace or calm about it, it excites me. It's okay if it scares me and is out of my comfort zone, and as long as it's it is not something that harms me or harms other. It stays as as a as a true self-affirmation that I continuously bring to God to make sure, you know, he and I are partnering together and this is what I should be doing. So that's kind of my bookend as I go into my Centering Prayer Sit. And then coming out of my Centering Prayer sits, it's whatever book I'm currently reading, I'll just read for five or 10 minutes from, and I like to read on Kidnell. So I'll read the Kidnell book for five or 10 minutes and then I get up. So that's, so those are kind of two things I do with um centering prayer, gratitude, um, and then kind of the affirmations and partnering with God. And and I guess one last one is is the Jesus prayer. I, I have a uh I have a I'll show it right here. I have a prayer rope, which I can show you right here. I like to do that from time to time. And and yeah. I'll shorten instead of saying the long version of the prayer, I'll say, Jesus, son of God, have mercy on, and I'll just Say I could say my wife's name, and then I'll just say, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on, and I'll say my son, or it could be a situation, and I'll just go from not to not saying that abbreviated version of the prayer is, is, I do that from time to time as well, or if the house is empty, I might walk in my house and, and do that prayer until I feel I've prayed for whatever I, I should pray for. So those are a couple practices that I, that I like to do um, along with centering prayer.
0: I love that. Thank you. I think that's, I, I think I really like that. And it's, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm I'm gonna, I'll, I, I do a similar uh, practices as well. So, uh, and I, you know, I, I, I have a journaling practice that I've been doing for probably a little bit longer than I've been doing the centering prayer. I've always been a journaler, but I've been doing a, um, or actually for the last 11 years, I've done a very similar piece. Um, and it's a lot like what you said, I always start with gratitude. So I journal in the morning and at night sometimes before the centering prayer just kind of depends on or afterwards but i always do gratitude uh and i do affirmations when i walk which i like to walk either before or after centering prayer so that i find those to be really helpful and then i like i like the book ends with gratitude my journaling starts with gratitude in the morning and then that's the last thing i do before i go to sleep is the is the journaling and uh that's i found this was my error because, again, I, I've bumbled into centering prayer and, and kind of made lots of mistakes. But I used to use um, I used to journal right after I did it and I was trying to process my centering prayer sessions, which I didn't know you weren't supposed to do that. Um, but I, and I'm not even recommending that, but I I do now take a space and then give myself some breaks. And then I just try to notice in the journaling, this is what I found to be super healing in my life long, long-term. And even, you know, sharing before, I've had some really remarkable last couple of weeks. And this came out of my journaling stuff, a lot of the stuff that I've really felt was healing. But I always try to ask myself every day, um, And then right, honestly, it's like what's bothering me and I'm looking for feelings in the body or negative thoughts and I've just learned to journal all that stuff out again I used to do it right after centering prayer I keep it detached now but I found that one piece gratitude and then owning whatever seems to be out of whack inside of me. Has been transformational, allows God's grace to come into darker parts of my life or the shadowy parts of my life. And again, I would say the centering prayer breaks that stuff up, but then naming it at some point in the day can be really helpful. Um, and then Jesus Prayer, I love that. And then you mentioned Jesus Prayer. So another prayer I like a lot is um, uh, this is from a Karina care. It's, oh God, help me believe the truth about myself, no matter how beautiful it is. And so I like to do Jesus Prayer. Or and sometimes it's both of those two prayers right before I do my sit. So that's kind of my, how I started with those, with those two things. And so, yeah. So hopefully that helps other folks because everybody's always wondering how people do things and you've heard Rich and I do similar things, but there, you, you want to find a rhythm. The key thing is you can try somebody else's system. I the mean, centering prayer is going to be the same, but work on different rhythms t- to see what, works for you because i think that's the key thing for all of us we're all we all have similarities but there's always a few distinctive. so find out what works for you and also recognize that um there's seasons right rich i mean probably things change you may you have your sit every day but i'm guessing some of your spiritual rhythms may change depending on the season do you have, do you have any thoughts about that
1: um they do i mean i think and even my sits can change so i, I tell people to let the years do your sits let life dictate to you when you do your sit so like my first sit is always first thing in the morning and that's really never changed but there was a period of time a couple of years back where, where, where Well, actually, even when I first started practicing centering prayer, my second sit was in the evening um, after dinner, and then I soon discovered that really didn't make sense, and it was taking time away from the family, so then I moved it to earlier in the day um, before lunch, and then there was a time where work was very busy and I needed to sit more, so I sat three times a day, but to shorten the sits. So I sat in the morning, I sat before lunch and I sat about two or three hours, even after the second sit after, you know, which was right before lunch. So I just tell people, look at your life and place your sits where they belong, where they belong. So if your life changes, move, move your sits is is what I always tell people. And, And then even on your falling asleep thing, if, if, Obviously, if we fall asleep during centering prayer, God's not gonna be upset with us. But if we're continuously falling asleep, then maybe we need to move that sit because we're because we're trying to do it when we really need to sleep. <laughs> so right, you right. so you could move the so so that that I talk to people about. And then even practices, I, I'll kind of move. Sometimes I don't always, my first bookend is not necessarily an affirmations. It might be, um, I get some daily meditations through email. I might read the meditation and read the scripture and then go into my um, centering prayer sit. So sometimes I f- flex it between affirmations and reading scripture and going into the centering prayer sit. So it's, it's good just to flex it and the last thing I'll say is flex where you sit. Like once a month, I go to a chiropractor and the first room that I go to, you're lying on the on bed and there's a roller under your back to loosen you up. And that's for 10 minutes. So I do centering prayer once a month at the chiropractor's office. So you can do centering prayer anywhere as, as yeah, well good. So be f- creative and flexible with where you do it. Nobody knows that you're doing centering prayer.
0: <laughs> that's good. It's good. Uh, this is more of a personal question. It's like, What's, do you have an example or a story of where, you know, you've done centering prayer for a number of years. Was there ever a moment where somebody noticed something different in you and, and you know, that was because you'd been sitting with, uh, with God and in, in centering prayer for a season and that there was slow transformation coming out. Do you have any kind of stories like that? Like a, a, a bit of fruit that someone's uh, noticed since you started centering prayer?
1: I, it's funny that you said, cause I, could, I guess my wife or kids really haven't said anything other than my kids knew I was, they wanted to know what I was doing at night going into the basement every night. So I showed them and then they would do it with me and do Mm -hmm. a shorter version. But, so it was more of people curious, like, what are you doing? So it would be, at that time my son was six and my daughter was 13. So they're like, what are you doing in the basement? Well, let me show you. And they each needed their own one-on-one time. So then I ended up doing a one minute sit with my son from time to time and a five minute sit with my daughter. So theirs was more curiosity. And the second example would be at work uh, people would ask me you seem to leave at the same time and, and maybe, if they watched me through the windows of the building and walked to your car so they, one or two people would ask me what i was doing if they don't if i don't mind and i told them what i was doing so they noticed i had a, a rhythm and a pattern of every day leaving but not really leaving just going to my car and so i shared with two people what i was doing and and, and and one of them was more curious about what is this practice and tell me more about it. So I think it was more of people noticing what are, what are you doing? You seem to have this natural rhythm where you're doing something.
0: And I think for me, I think what people have noticed is um, that people have noticed that I'm more available and and I get more. You're so transparent, and which is uh, which is interesting because it's like I've always just tried to always be myself no matter what. But I know since the centering prayers really God's cracked me open on the inside, whatever transparency means or whatever it used to mean for me must be different because people just have kind of noticed that, that I'm able to, um, and I, that, and that actually feels pretty good that I just feel like I'm able to show up. One of my mentors always said, it never made sense. It makes sense. Now. It always just said the key to life was, um, showing up, paying attention and knowing that God has way more invested in this than you do. And, uh, and, you know you get that in your head but I, I would say that's probably in my heart now and and i think that's what maybe people see sometimes though so again um anytime you start saying stuff like that i mean people can also say all the stupid stuff i still do which i'm not going to i'm not i'm not claiming perfection in any means but i i, I have noticed that, that and that's um and that's and that's just kind of interesting and, and that's what you'd hope to see that there's fruit that um that comes out of our lives as part of our witnesses as disciples of Jesus. So, so thank you for um, you know for being vulnerable with that question too, and just kind of for a last question on the conversation. Well, then we'll make sure people know how to connect with um, with you, Rich, and everything will be in the show notes again. But like whether we want to talk about it is like um, growing edges and spiritual life or thinking ahead about like what does what's next for. Um, for you know, you as a centering prayer practitioner and a guide, I mean, you know what? How how would you answer that? Like, what's next? Uh, growing edges, curiosities, things you'd like to explore around the topic.
1: I would say things that I think God is nudging me. One, obviously, is this upcoming summit. God is nudging me to get involved in larger events. So I, I've done, you know, co- I do coaching and I've done guest speaking in front of small and large groups. But perhaps God is stretching me to. To, to be part of summits and, and bigger speaking events. So that'll be the first one I do. Um, and I and I know God is nudging me to write another book. Um, and, and actually even Amos Smith, who um, kind of was a nice mentor, he and I speak frequently. And he basically said, you need to put it, when are you gonna start writing your next book, Rich? So I have someone like that planning me in, in my year, when are you starting? And I said, June 20, 20, uh, 2022 is when I will, because I still wanna spend time coaching and speaking and marketing my book but he'll hold me accountable to it so i think my next book needs to i don't know exactly what will be in it but so i think larger speaking events um, the next book and then i think zoom i think i think there's a huge opportunity to use zoom um, more than i am i mean i did a a couple of months back, I did a week by week book study where I, my subscribers, I just invited them. And then I put it on social media. So anyone that wants to join us, join us. And this week we're discussing chapter one from my book and then with chapter two, the next book. And, it, and I said, you, it doesn't matter whether you've read it or not read it, come join, listen, whatever you're comfortable with. So I think I'm not using Zoom. I think there's a way I can use Zoom To have fun with talking and and interacting with people as well, and I think you and I talked about perhaps doing some type of zoom event. um, Where we just get on and and have fun and teach people and learn from people, so I guess those three areas, maybe speaking in larger venues definitely writing my next book and then using zoom um, to interact with people with bigger groups.
0: Well, that's 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 really cool, and we're going to do a. Rich and I are going to do a second podcast, and I'm going to get him to talk about what his next book is. But we'll have to let you wait for that one to come out in a few weeks from uh, from now. So that's that's cool. And yeah, when I think about it, I've just been astonished. Um, I mean, in my own life, um, the fruits that I've seen, and it's been fun for me as a as a professor. Um, I I've been we teach. I only teach intensives the way we have it set up because I'm not at the main campus at Asbury and. So I, when I go, like I was in Memphis, Tennessee, doing an Old Testament class for our, at our site there. And, and what I do in these three-day sites is now I, I actually invite students to come 30 minutes before class. And we do 20 minutes of centering prayer before we have these long days. And I've been, I won't say I'm surprised, but I've been happy that large percentages of the class actually shows up just to sit. And most of them have never done this before. So it's really cool. And I'm interested, and this is my academic side, but I, I'm actually curious, because my daughter is also like, is, is a clinical, It's trying to be a clinical psychologist, so she's really good with research. I want to set up some kind of study to see the benefits of doing Centering Prayer in c- conjunction with coursework, and figure out some way to just, just to see if there'd be a difference of, of experience and education. So get the folks with all the heady stuff that we do As a way to have an embodied practice. And I'm curious. I'd like to run a study. And then, you know, even on a more personal level, I've seen tremendous amounts of healing in my own life around what I call the unholy trinity of fear, guilt, and shame. And I want to be more intentional as a coach. A big part of my coaching practice is I find people just run into those things. I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I don't do enough. And I wanna to continue to create kind of contemplative tools that a person could embed into their life that would break that up more and more so that, you know, it's like, you spent so much of your book talking about becoming your true self, that would help a person integrate the, our centering prayer practices, the work that God does, and then, you know, and have some tools that they can uh, practice that. So that's that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. and 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 just being a, you know, kind of like you are, I, I, I want to be a voice for this as much as I can, not pretending like I'm the spiritual master or Yoda. Cause I'm not, but just sharing what the Lord's done in my life and and putting it out there. And I know that, you know, I've been, I, I love your presence on social media. So again, thanks for this conversation, Rich. Um, do want to give a chance? Um, like if folks want to find out more, like talk about your book a little bit uh, and where they can find that and your website, and then we'll put all those things in the show notes.
1: Sure. I mean the best place to find me is silenceteaches.com they're there when they come there if they subscribe they'll get a free ebook on centering prayer that's a nice short easy to read book on how to do centering prayer and, and it, it it answers questions at the top of the each page asks a question and then it answers it um, in, in very short. Um, single sentence statements for the most part so uh, silenceteaches.com they can find my book sitting with god a journey to your true self there if they have a church group or some type of book study group and they want to ask me to speak i have an invite me to speak page um, and if they want to follow me on social media the social media icons are on my site so whatever social media channel they like to use they can click on that one whether it's facebook instagram or twitter and follow me that way but com is the best place and easiest way just to come see me and what i'm doing
0: all right well thank you and everybody thanks for listening all the way to the end of this episode of the deep dive spirituality conversations podcast until next time live by faith be known by love and be a voice of hope uh, to others Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. If you found this episode helpful, would you please share it with friends through your social media networks, as well as leaving a review to help other people find it. If you're interested in any of the resources mentioned, please check out the show notes. And let me again remind you, if you're interested in contemplative practices, my latest book, Centering Prayer, Sitting Quietly in God's Presence Can Change Your Life, is now available in paperback or on kindle recommend ordering it off of amazon if you want to do a large order i would reach out directly to paraclete press ask for sister estelle and you can get some deep discounts if you're interested in buying say any quantity over of at least three or more copies you can get good discounts directly from paraclete thank you so much for the privilege of serving you and we'll see you next time